Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about adulting. So by adulting, we basically mean the process of trying to grow up as a millennial and realizing that it's really freaking difficult and there's a lot that we were never taught. So this is going to be a big catch-all episode where we talk about a variety of things that really could be breakout episodes and probably will be in the future, but we're just going to cover all of this because I had a major adulting fail, which I'll talk about in a minute. That sort of prompted this episode. But before I regale you with uh, my tale of drama and intrigue, um, let's turn this over to Chris because I want to ask you, Chris, on a scale of one to using your collection notices as Kleenex, how are you doing today? Well, thank you for asking. Um, I guess I can first point out that I'm not using my collection notices as Kleenex um, and thankfully don't have any collection notices. So that's that's a positive. So I'm not at the that stage, which is good. Um, generally speaking, I'm doing pretty well today. Um, we record on Thursdays and Thursdays tend to be a busy day for me with, I, I literally eight minutes ago just got off a webinar when I was talking, I was just talking about uh, travel writing in general and, and how to find your voice in travel writing. Something Chris I like to... is literally always on a webinar. Every single time I speak to him, he's like, yeah, let me just finish up this webinar real quick. I've never heard a human being use the word webinar who wasn't like an HR director more than Chris. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess I'm my own HR director, right? You know, you are. I'm, I'm like, you are. I'm trying to, it's for different it's for it's for different things. I I enjoyed it. So this kind of stuff I always kind of get get a rise uh, for. But I did want to say that um, this was just a difficult week for me in a lot of ways. And I think Tuesday in particular was just one of those notably down days. Like uh, you know, I think it's like the the I think it's really important with this podcast that we're just like just sharing the ups and downs. And so today I feel pretty up and pretty on point, but on Tuesday, like it was the sort of down where I just kind of felt like next level lethargic. And it was this sort of lethargy that you, you kind of wonder, like it kind of feels like quicksand and you're like, am I ever going to be able to get out of this? You know? Yeah. I've been feeling some of that lately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and before I hog the mic and don't let you respond at all, I I just wanted you know to to a kind reminder to people that it's very possible that on Tuesday you don't feel great. And I just tried to go for a long bike ride, get outside a little bit more, eat a little bit better, get a little bit better sleep, do meditation, reading, all this kind of stuff. And and it was hard for me too with some of the ADHD side of things because sometimes you can get in this spot where nothing cures your boredom. And so you're doing <laughs> thing to thing to thing to thing to yeah. thing. And it's all, it's, it's you mostly just feel like you're wasting time because time has to pass anyways. And so 
I just wanted to point out that I felt like that on Tuesday in a lot of ways, and uh, and I'm feeling a lot better today. So it's another reminder that this journey is a uh, is a lot of ups and downs. But um, sometimes it's really difficult to remember in the downs that there are ups. But uh, here we are. So I figured it's it's probably not an uncommon experience, and you can probably um, take it from there. So to give a number, I feel like a you know like a two or three today. But I you know I I felt like a you know I. I'd burn an entire city of collection notices <laughs> on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I also had a really rough start to the week. Um, so we last week we actually didn't record um, because we went to the Black Sea and we wanted to just enjoy uh, enjoy the seaside and the nature before who knows, like coronavirus wave two comes to Europe. So we wanted to make sure that we got to take advantage of the brief respite in cases and go see the Black Sea. And my husband had never been before. My dog had never been before. So it was really lovely. So we get back from this like five hour drive from the sea on Saturday and realize that we have zero electricity. And hadn't had electricity for several days by virtue of the fact that, like, I opened the freezer and just, like, wafting smell of rotting meat just, like, smacks me in the face. So, like, our electricity has been off pretty much the entire time that we were at the seaside. And so immediately we all went into panic mode and, like, we're like, okay, we must have let, like, our bills lapse. And so we went to go try to pay because in Bulgaria everything is super, like, analog. So you have to go pay in person at something called like an easy pay instead of just like having automatic bill payments online. And so we tried to do that. We tried to get it reactivated. We tried to call the phone number to get it reactivated and got like 15 different answers, like classic Bulgarian response. And then we finally just showed up at the like electricity place on Monday to be like, yo, we haven't had electricity for nearly 48 hours. And they're like, Oh, um, we never disconnected you. So apparently it was just an issue with our building. But because we were like so stressed and just assumed that we had failed because we're really bad at like paying bills in a timely fashion and just like keeping track of all of our financial comings and goings. Like we just assumed they had shut off our electricity. And so we just like called our landlord and it was on in like 10 minutes. And I was like fucking hell because I put myself at like an eight anxiety wise for like three days for something that ended up being resolved in 15 minutes just because I'm stupid. So, um, (laughs) oh, and also side note is that, so at night we had to use like candles and I managed to nearly set myself on fire and burned a huge hole in my favorite shorts, which like rest in peace. One of the two pairs of shorts that I actually like to wear in the summer, um, for like curvy girls or just like anyone who has, thighs that you know don't defy physics and meet in the middle it's very hard (laughs) to find shorts that are comfortable and cute for the summer and I lost 50% of my summer shorts wardrobe so to a candle because you know candles are difficult apparently so um if you ask me on Monday like Sunday Monday definitely would have been pushing like an eight there were lots of tears and lots of just like childish moodiness that was just way overblown and then I started to settle and settle and then actually right now I'm doing super super good I um have just been like chatting with friends 
um, starting like up some just like creative writing projects that I've like totally put on the back burner for years, like got a friend to hold me like hold each other accountable while we like do sort of like a writing challenge. So um, that's really great. So I'm feeling like a three today. But like, there was an eight that prompted I was like, Chris, we need to do an adulting episode because I just burned a <laughs> hole in my shorts because I don't have electricity and I'm so upset. <laughs> literally, that's yeah, like literally, that's as 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 it happened. You messaged me, yeah. and you're like, um, this is what's happened. We're doing an adulting episode, and I was like, okay, uh, is this what you mean by adulting? And you're like, yes. And I was like, let's do it. So, um, so, so here we are. So, a kind reminder, you know, anxiety. You can have the best and worst day of your life in the same week. <laughs> yes, over the same day. Yeah, in the same hour, really, you know? Yeah. The first 12 minutes are just on point, and the last 12 minutes, you're like, what's going on? Anyways, I think it's great that we start off the episode by sharing this because uh, it humanizes us, and uh, it also goes to show that uh, it's always an up and down, and that's what it's all about. And in this show, for better or for worse, for better, for better, this show provides a bit of an equilibrium. So I hope everyone else feels that way. And this is a good segue into just um, thanking everybody again for all the kind words so far. We are uh, really getting a lot of downloads and interest and all kinds of stuff. So I would just encourage everybody that um, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, um, firstly, that's great. And secondly, you know, feel free to tell a friend or write a review. That kind of stuff really helps us grow, especially to podcast hosts with anxiety who are always anxious that yeah. we are doing a terrible job. So um, You can also just tell us because I really like praise. So this is true. you can do yeah. that as well. <laughs> In fact, we're, we're a little bit desperate for it. So you know, go ahead and reach out. <laughs> yeah, please. And and we, you know, if you're going to leave a review, we recommend nice things about both of us. Um, that would be huge. Um, yeah, we're now it's a formal request. Yeah, don't make me jealous of Chris at all. That'll ruin our 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 nice uh, our nice podcast balance here. So please <laughs> share the praise. <laughs> Please share the praise. Uh, and I also, before we get started, we always just mention that um, we are two people who talk openly about what we're all about to try and uh, try and help other people in their journey. And, and, and we often do that through humor and try and make sure that people are smiling and laughing throughout. But, you know, occasionally we, we do go down the rabbit hole a little bit and talk about where we're at and what we've learned and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we are not um, we are not experts in this yet. We're learning. We're sharing. We're 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 always growing in that in that sense. But we're still not. Uh, we don't. We haven't opened up our own practice yet for no. um, as psychiatrists. So yeah. we always we say are... that. Uh, yeah. Go go ahead. You take it from there. You oh, know yeah. how to finish this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say we are not professionals. We're barely even professional. So you know, just uh, <laughs> <laughs> just keep that in mind. <laughs> Did you just come up with that now? I literally did. I really liked it. Wow. I'm very impressed. Well, that's great. So <laughs> I guess the moral of the story is if you won't give us praise, we'll give ourselves praise. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we're full of it. We're full of it. I have a whole packet of gold stars that I just give myself like on a checklist just for getting I'm covered in my them, day. Right? I'm covered in gold stars yeah, right now. My actually. whole body is just covered in, in gold stars that I gave myself. So if you don't have any to give me, that's fine. I brought my own. I often confuse the mailman. <laughs> Are those stamps on your body? There? Are you covered in gold stars right now? <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Oh, gosh. So 
there's so many topics that we could address, and I don't really know where to start, but I think one of the biggest things about adulting that most people struggle with is just money and dealing with, like, bills, organizing your finances, like, figuring out things like credit cards, paying the bills on time, etc., so I just kind of wanted to open the floor to that topic. I think this can be a whole topic of its own in the future, but I just wanted to let you to ask you, Chris, what are some of the struggles that you have surrounding the intersection of like dealing with money and adulting? Yeah. So um, yeah, firstly, just for for everybody who curious, like by adulting, we mean like you come to a certain age and like all of a sudden you've got all the responsibility on your shoulders and you're just like. Uh, you know, and some of it, you're like, please, someone else take it. So as it relates to money, so I should first say that I actually, um, I took a great class in grade 11 called personal finance, which I think was a really good example of that schools should really be considering offering practical and pragmatic education for folks like Absolutely. myself. I was, I I was always going to go into English. I, I knew that from the onset. And so not taking grade 11 algebra or whatever and taking personal finance was huge for me in breaking down a lot of those walls that I had had in my head previously to the point where myself and a partner, I remember my final project, we built out a portfolio that lasted like 25 years. And I, I looked clearly at how like GICs and stocks and all this kind of stuff intersected with each other. And that course alone took so much pressure off that it, it made me totally reconsider how we conceptualize education. So yeah. I want to say that first, that that aspect of it, um, I feel comfortable with, but it's only because of one teacher and one course that was really practical. Isn't it so great when you have an experience that you're just like, it was that teacher who truly changed my life. Like Chris and I have both been teachers. And so I guess I hope that some of my students feel that way about me in the past. But like, I know I have teachers who I was like, that teacher totally changed the trajectory of my life and what I was going to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I very much hope the same. And I think as much as the fact that I'm not a teacher, you know, anymore, I think both you and I, the part of the reason we probably were um, really excited about doing a podcast like this is because we were excited to sh share, not necessarily teach, but like sh provide an open discourse. And, and the feedback we've gotten so far has been really positive as far as like, I guess you hope that what you've learned can be shared and have a positive output. Right. Yeah. And totally. so that's what teaching is all about. So I, I totally agree with you. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. That being said, you know, there are certain things I'm just not great at and provide some semblance of anxiety for me. And the one that I wrote down first, which just came to me so quickly was filing for insurance claims. Oh, and I, and I, and, oh, and no. I wanted, yeah, well, firstly, I, I, I didn't give you the proper pause there to let you fully like, uh, <laughs> that's how we all feel. Deep breathing, deep breathing. Uh, yeah. The uh, so before we start, so insurance claims we can both. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, obnoxious yoga out breath. Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I now that everyone's left, we can get back to our conversation. So my point here about insurance claims is I I feel like insurance claims and the whole system around it is designed to really to really hone in on portions of the population that won't ever get it done. And I feel like yes. legitimately people who struggle with mental health or, or struggle particularly with anxiety where like tasks weigh on them so heavily, um, then 
it becomes a situation with insurance claims where like you, you keep putting it off and putting it off. And it's not that the problem goes away. It actually snowballs in your head. It keeps getting larger and larger. You can picture where the claim is that you need to file and whatever. And the day comes and it keeps getting larger and larger and looming and stuff, et cetera. But they make it such a difficult process that you can't really attack it in a way you want. So for example, I had something I had to file and they made it so that you couldn't actually submit this document online. It had to be mailed in. Oh and my so it's God, like that's evil. So that's what I'm saying. So for somebody like me, I build it up in my head. It's been on my to-do list forever staring at yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I do really think that insurance companies are evil in the sense that they are purposely going after people who might be anxious about something and would yes. rather, and this is something we'll talk about later, but would rather just be like, you know what? I will pay the $90 or whatever it was just to have to stop this burden and go and mail yeah. it in and so on and so forth, you know? Exactly. I have had to file insurance claims for a number of things that I've just not done because the price of what I needed to make a claim for, I couldn't justify all the mental duress that I would experience in the processing of that claim to actually do it. And like, I know that's totally like a function of like privilege and being in a relatively good place financially, but like I got bitten by a stray cat in Ukraine and I had to get rabies shots like all over the European continent because I had had like six weeks of travel started and that was a nightmare. That's a story for another day though. But at the end of the day, my bill for all of that was only like $300 because um, I was mostly in like Eastern Europe where healthcare is really affordable, even out of pocket. And the same treatment would have cost like $15,000 back in the United States. So I was just like, mm, well, 15K in the United States versus $300 in Eastern Europe and I don't have to file a single form. Yeah, I'm just going to eat the cost. Like, you know, it just, I make, and I make those kinds of decisions all the time and it's really horrible. And I think that if you totaled up the amount of money that I have just said goodbye to because I was too nervous or too lazy or too anxious to actually try to recoup that money. And uh, it would probably be somewhere in like the tens of thousands of dollars. And I probably could like have like a nice, like solid year or two of retirement with compound interest had I actually just like dealt with the shit when it happened. Like, but I also let things snowball. Like I completely let things snowball to a point where it just becomes absurd and I get embarrassed about dealing with it because it's been so long. Like go going off from the like insurance thing, I still have like a major amount of money I should get back from the from the US government. And the New York state government, like two totally different things that I'm owed by the government that I just simply am not dealing with because I just like cannot handle filing claims to amend my taxes to account for some like uh, withholding that was taken or like fix what happened with when New York state messed something up and like charged me like a ton of money and shut down all of my bank accounts while I was in Macedonia, which was a really stressful situation. Like being in a cash-based economy, basically, and just suddenly having zero access to any money. So that was stressful. And just things like that have really just soured me on the ability to fix financial things in a way that's like fast and painless. So I just assume everything is going to be as terrible as possible. 
And then usually it's actually not that bad, but on those times where it actually is that bad, I use that to sort of do the confirmation bias of like, oh, anything that involves money is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like there's the irony that I was going to say, not necessarily the irony, but the the not I'm not even sure if paradox is the right word, but it's it's something I identify with as well, which is like almost the the mental strain that you build up towards it is often worse than what it is, right? It and that's totally I think is. very very common with anxiety, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I stress about there I stress about like my two, 2016 taxes almost every day for the past four years and I still haven't fixed them. Like that's like four years of like unnecessary, you know, ignoring a problem and remembering it all the time and being like, oh shit, I have to deal with that. But then like, because there's no like immediate consequence because like, well, of course, you know, the government isn't going to get on my case about me giving them extra money. Like <laughs> it's never going to happen. So I'm just like in this weird, just like, I'll deal with it someday, maybe in 2028. And it's like, right now would be the logical time because I have all the time in the world. Um, But I'm still just not because I have such avoidance issues when it comes to finances. And I will also say, like, the funny thing here is that, like, I'm actually, like, a pretty good... um, like budgeter. I don't really strictly track my spending or anything, but I'm a very frugal person. I don't overspend on a lot of things. I have a couple things that are like my vices, but generally I'm a saver, not a spender. Um, But at the same time, I spend so much money just like avoiding dealing with problems that by just like not recouping money I'm owed or just you know, not filling out forms or not claiming things. So it's almost like that's my luxury is avoiding things. <laughs> that's my well, that's, Porsche. Yeah, that's that's my Porsche avoidance. Um, it's it's funny. I mean, that's you alluded to that a little bit in the um, in the airports episode, right? Where you're talking yeah. about like there are certain things that you 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 plan your life so you you don't spend that much, so that when you need to spend something, like for example, getting in a taxi from the airport or whatever, like you're, it's almost like you have a system in play where you're like, oh, I can afford, like, ironically enough, I can afford to avoid this because yeah. I know that I'm like diligent in the way that I control my other finances. But it's exactly, you know, I, I also think it's worth mentioning that a lot of this stuff is by design, right? Like insurance yeah. companies want, are, are, are the way that the system is set up is designed for you to feel this way, right? And so it's, it's really, I feel like it's, probably worth mentioning that there are a lot of systems in play that are just designed to um, to, to take advantage of, of people who, who might not want to attack these things head on, right? Oh, yeah. And there's there's also just systems in play to just screw everyone too. Like, and exactly. It's not exactly. even about like, you know, being like an overprivileged moron like myself who doesn't want to like figure life out. Like a lot of things are designed to... <laughs> like really prey on people in like dire economic circumstances. Mm -hmm. And there are just so many systems where that really just get people into this cycle of debt. That's really hard to dig yourself out of. And I think one thing that's really terrifying about adulting for a lot of people is um, at least from my American context is like you're asked to get into like extreme debt at such an early age 
And um, I'm super lucky and super privileged and acknowledge that I came from like a wealthy family who made sure that the basic things that I needed and things that I wanted were provided for me. My college education was provided for me. So I was immensely blessed and privileged in these ways. But my friends who weren't as privileged as me, who had to take out like immense loans just to attend college, I have friends who are 30 and have like almost $200,000 of debt. And I can't even imagine what it's like trying to get out from like under that hill, you know, like I struggle enough when I'm like, oh my God, like I forgot to pay this credit card that I have. And now I have a hundred dollar collection notice and oh no, like I need to just like pay it, I guess. Like I just freak out when things like that happen, but I, it's like so minuscule in the big thing or in the grand scheme of things. So yeah. like I fully acknowledge I liked in the big, I actually prefer it in the big thing. In the big thing. I mean, that's a classic Allisonism. <laughs> so there you go. There's, there's, I loved it. Maybe we should start like a counter. Like if only this was like a visual podcast, which I guess would just be a video. Um, <laughs> a video this newfangled <laughs> new technology called a video. You can have like a little counter for the Allisonisms where I just like mix up common common phrases. I love it. I, I, I really appreciate that. You know, there's, there's number two, common phrases of speech. Like, wouldn't it be like common turns of phrase. I don't know. Anyway, I'm I mean, both work, but in the, I mean, you know what? In the big thing, it's all the same. In the big thing, I suck at the small things. It is unique um, from an American. It is a, a, a huge, is a problem in Canada for sure. I should also acknowledge as well that you know, I was very lucky to, my parents were able to, to help me with university and stuff and, 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 uh, you know, that's an immense privilege and something I, I hope I can provide for my kids in the future as well. But it is worth talking when we're talking about these things to acknowledge those sorts of things. Um, but I had, I remember when I moved to South Korea in 2011 and I was teaching there with Bree and we had an American friend who, who had moved there and we got to know her fairly well. As we were there over the year, she had just been out of school and she began to realize like as she met friends from all over the world and so on and so forth, how devastating this, she was a hundred grand in debt. And she began mm-hmm. to realize how, how this was controlling her life in ways it wasn't controlling other people's lives. So yeah. in the sense where, you know, we, we had plenty of friends from Europe and so forth who, um, you know, in many cases had been able to go to school for free or, or, you know, their, their education was subsidized and, and had, had a education, which on paper was, was almost the same. And she was so anxious about every, um, Every dollar she spent, you know, because mm-hmm. we there, there was a sense in which we were going out to pay for a meal, but she was paying for a meal which was impeding her from paying off her debt. So everything was almost framed around the narrative of, of debt, um, which is very anxiety inducing. And then it's also a compound thing because some of the loan providers in the United States like really take advantage because you're asking. 18 year olds people without like a fully developed frontal lobe or whatever the hell that decision making thing in your brain is um like but you're asking people without fully formed brains yet to take on 50 to 200 thousand dollars worth of debt that is insane that that is legal to me and i have friends who um because of where they wanted to go to school or what their grades were like they weren't able to get full full loans from the government and then they had to go to some of the shadier private loan companies 
I had a friend who's like who had something like an eighteen percent interest rate on one of her loans. Wow. Like, for a student loan, not like credit card, but student loan. And it was she was like the way she explained it to me was just that, you know, pretty much she was only paying off the accumulation and she couldn't afford to pay off any of the principal. And that just seems so freaking terrifying to me. And it's just a reality that I've never had to face. So I feel almost like a little bad complaining about my own issues right here, um, about, you know, my own inability to pay or to deal with like my bills and my finances and all that, because like, I know that someone else with my circumstances would just like handle this shit. (laughs) But, um, you know, I guess that's the nature of anxiety, right? Is that like, you might have all the privilege in the world, but you only can see things from your own perspective. So things might still look skewed, even if you have it really good. And I think it's just important to like, be aware of like the space you occupy in the world. But also, like, that doesn't mean that there's no reason that you are allowed to have these feelings. You know, you're not banned from having anxiety about money just because, you know, like you had a relatively privileged upbringing. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, no. Anxiety is not logical, basically. Yeah, that's. I was just going to point out that I think you know. I the last thing we want to do is have somebody listen right now who's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm spiraling because I'm dead." You know, I think the 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 thing that you want to point out just for you know people who are listening or people who struggle with this that and the other is really just that as you're kind of proving right now and we we are proof to a certain extent on this podcast like there is a sense in which you can be a really bright intelligent person who who objectively knows what you should be doing and how to do it it's not a matter of process or understanding how to do the process like I know you well you're extremely bright person I have no question that you you're fully able to do all the tasks required to recoup any money for insurance claims but it's not (laughs) about that really it's about the fact that there it becomes larger than life and then you you and you build it up into something that's so so big that it it becomes overwhelming and that's really you know part of part of i think the reason we're talking about this kind of stuff is to try and like help others and and even help myself to a certain extent and yeah and um like recognize that overwhelm and realize like that's just part of it. And it's about sometimes combating that, but also understanding that just because you're a really bright person who objectively understands exactly what you need to do, it's not always easy to do that, you know? Yeah. And I think there's so much guilt that comes from Mm -hmm. that knowledge, you know, like guilt that, yes, you have a leg up. Yes, you have the the know-how and you still can't get your shit together. Like I feel a lot of guilt all the time for feeling that way. And um, I know guilt is like one of the least helpful feelings that you can feel. It does Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing. It's not a motivating factor or it's not, it's a demotivating factor. It's the opposite of motivation. It just like allows you to like crawl into your little like snail shell of shame. I don't know that just visuals just popped into my mind right now, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where, I kind of lose my train of thought. 
And then I yeah. segue and make you talk, Chris, because I lost my Good. train of thought. Please help me. Yeah. No, that's okay. I, you know what? You know what, Allison? I'm here for you and I'm here for our listeners. Um, and you know that I, uh, I've, I've always got a segue at the ready. Uh, right. So actually, one, one thing, did you want to go back to what you were going to say or did you want no, me to say? No, no, absolutely okay, not. Cool. Okay, great. So I guess... Um, one thing that I did, I just did want to say, and I think it's a pretty natural segue, is that I think when we're all that we were talking about before about you know debt when you're younger and you make certain decisions and stuff, it's all un- with because you have a preconceived understanding of what an adult should do, and I think there's this sort of I don't know, it, it's a it's an int- interesting thing that when you become an adult, you know, you realize actually that there's all these other people around you who are adults, who you had thought when you were younger and a child all had their stuff together so remarkably. And then you, you have this moment of, I wouldn't say crisis, but you have this moment of realization where you're like, oh my gosh, the whole world is filled with people that are totally imperfect and don't know what's going on. Um, And on the one hand, that's a, that's a notion where you're like, oh my gosh. But on the other hand, I actually find that pretty liberating. (laughs) Yeah. It goes both ways, totally. It does. Yeah. It does. It does. Yeah. It's like when you realize that your teachers are humans, like you see like one of them just like, I don't know, having a cigarette out in the parking lot or just like, you know, crying or something. And you're like, oh, or you see them even just like mundane. Do you just see them in the grocery store, like thinking about what they're going to eat? And you're like, oh, shit, you're a person. You're an adult. You're a human. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. Like- you eat things. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but like. As a, as a child or a teenager, you look to adults as almost like, oh, you have all the answers, right? And it can get really confusing the first couple times you realize that, like, adults don't have all the answers. And, like, for me, I really had that realization when I went away to college and I was 18 and my dad checked into rehab because my dad had been an alcoholic for pretty much all of my life. But he was really good at kind of hiding that side um, from us. Like, he's very, like, loving, kind person and tried to be there for us the best way that he could and show up as much as he could despite his alcoholism. But when he went into rehab at 18, I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, I always knew my dad, like, would drink too much and cry a little bit or, like, you know, do – but I was just – I always just kind of assumed that was sort of what adults did. I didn't really, like, understand it was, like, a problem so much. And then, like – and then it was weird because he would call me from rehab and it was almost like I was the adult in this situation, like, comforting him and, like, being like, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. And it was just so bizarre to have that experience with my father – And it was kind of difficult at the time, like sort of like being in that role when I was sort of like dealing with my own stuff as like, you know, someone who just moved 3000 miles away without knowing anyone being uh, on my own for the first time in college. But it actually was really nice in a way as well, because it helped me see my dad as like a person and it made us a lot closer now and like now me and my dad have like a super great relationship and I think it's because I was able to see him for someone more than just like as someone more than just a father you know as someone who had problems and was working through them and needed help and for some reason I found that to be very helpful in my understanding of like what it means to be an adult it doesn't mean having all the answers it just means 
muddling through every single day. <laughs> or, or just, yeah, it's not even about having all the answers. It's just realizing that it, it's more about continuing to ask questions, you know, and yeah. continuing to, to chase those. And I think you're, you're, you tapped onto something really good. I mean, you're, as far as um, the relationship with, with your dad, I mean, I know that uh, I've really relished the opportunity to just talk with my parents as peers almost now. And, yeah. and, you know, and also I think it's really important because you're, you know, when you're a kid, you're always sort of looking to your parents for advice and whatever. And then as you get older, uh, you realize that you're, you're both sort of anxious about different things and you can talk together, you know, for example, in this crisis, whatever I would call my folks and just say, you know, they'd ask me how I was doing, but then you realize how important it is to follow that up with like, and how are you doing? Right. And yeah. as you get older too, your parents start to feel more comfortable a bit by, of saying things like, you know, I'm not having the best day today. And you're like, I feel like that human element is, is really beautiful actually, because, um, you know, you, you start to really empathize with your parents. I mean, I have tremendous love for, uh, for my folks, but I think it's partially because once they knew I could handle it, they were just like, you know what, let's just talk like peers, you know? Yeah. And, and, and part of that was part of being peers is admitting that none of us are perfect. Um, but that's okay. You know, we're, I guess what I would say, because I have to turn everything into sayings is that like, none of us are perfect, but life really isn't about striving for perfection, you know? No, no. And like perfection is, I don't know. It seems like a boring destination. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, like it, It's actually <laughs> funny. You mentioned that. I think of perfection as this like horribly robotic, like what's that movie? Uh, the whatever, like the, there's like those robotic uh, wives or something. The wives of something. Oh, Steph, Stafford Steph, wives. Steph. Yeah, right. It's like it's yeah. like I think of per- perfection is like this. Like the only way it's attainable is like if you're a horrible robot. <laughs> like I don't yeah, know. Exactly. I actually don't know the premise of that movie. I don't know if they're robots or aliens or what the hell is going on. But I, I think it does it's feel just like that basically they're like robot housewives because okay. men want a perfect wife or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So that's obviously that one's imbued with all kinds of uh, theses and meaning and all kinds of <laughs> yeah. stuff. But I think like- I thought you to, said to, theses for a second and not theses. Well, I was like, okay, Carla. That too, because that sounds, sounds like a shit movie. But um, I, I, I think, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, more of that praise, please. So <laughs> I, but I think, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I think the world would be absolutely- um, boring you know if if people were um like if if everybody was perfect right and i think what's the um like the leonard cohen line you know it's it's something along the lines of like there's a crack in everything but that's how the light gets in oh that's beautiful i've never heard that before yeah i think that's yeah it's like yeah there's a crack in everything but that's how the light gets in and i think that's really true you know um we want to it's something i actually try to keep in my mind that i'm cognizant of is just like um, I'm not perfect and I, and I have my flaws and stuff, but I, for all my flaws and all that kind of stuff, like, I'm not sure I would trade it all for perfection. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not sure I'd want to be like, I feel a lot of things I feel deeply. And, but thankfully so much of what I feel is, is empathy. And there's, uh, you know, talk to me on Tuesday and I would not be saying that, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I do think that sense of like there's a crack in everything, but that's how the light gets in is something important to remember for people who aren't perfect because anybody who's pretending to be perfect probably has way more issues than you do. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Um, yeah, so I just wanted to sort of rewind or just change the track a little bit. I don't know. Wait, back, uh, you want you want to back away from the really intense um, last twenty minutes? <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's. Uh, I want to. I kind of just want to drop the Leonard Cohen references. No, I'm just kidding. That was actually <laughs> we, really lovely. Wait, are we like are we a humorous podcast anymore? Like, do we need to uh, like do we need to change our moniker after we mentioned? I Leonard think we Cohen, just or? need to do only fart jokes for the rest of the episode, just to like make up for for all this. So Is having cool? my name attached to that gives me anxiety. Okay. Yeah, same, awesome. Same. So no fart okay. jokes. Okay. No fart jokes. Okay. okay right. Great. All right. So um, let's do I, a little tailspin and. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's do a really awkward segue that we've drawn way too much attention to. Do you do you have a segue in mind, or do you want, do you want me to hit it up? Um. Yeah. I was gonna just bring us over to bureaucracy and the yep. reason why I stumbled while I said that was because I was trying to come up with like a paperwork pun. And it just, mm-hmm. it didn't, it didn't come while I was speaking. So like, I'll probably just like shout out something at some point when it comes to Great. me. But let's talk about um, <laughs> just like bureaucracy and um, which is similar a bit with like the insurance thing. But I just want to also talk about just um, like things like errands and things that just always have like one little extra level of things that you have to do. Things like renewing a driver's license or like, mm-hmm. you know, just these these tasks that you can put it on your to-do list and it looks like one task, but then you realize that it's like a matryoshka doll of like a million other terrifying <laughs> tasks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. So like, let me, okay, so let me explain a classic example. And so for, for those who don't know, I live in Bulgaria currently. So like every single one of like my already existing anxieties is exacerbated by living in like a Balkan country where bureaucracy is just like the name of the game. So uh, my driver's license expired about four weeks after we bought a car. So good on me for checking that. And I don't know, I just kind of assumed, okay, like I've renewed my driver's license before, it'll be easy, right? And then I realized, oh, shit, I don't actually live in the United States anymore. So I can't just get like my California license renewed, like, because I can't just, you know, claim that, um, because I'm not registered or anything in the state anymore. So then I was like, okay, let me look into getting that transferred to Bulgaria not an option. So then I started looking into like what I have to do to get a Bulgarian driving license. It is insane. I have to <laughs> I have to get my American high school diploma sent to Bulgaria one. Like and then probably like translated, notarized, apostilled, like you know, kissed by the prime minister and whatever the fuck else. <laughs> whatever the fuck else I make you do. Oh my god, I can held, held I upside down and robbed a little bit. I, I did an entire episode about what it was like getting married here in Bulgaria, but that's a story for another another day. This is the driving <laughs> license day. So not only that, but then I have to like take a driver's test and I haven't been able to like in, written and I haven't been able to find out if there is actually like an English driving test that I can fill out or if it's all in Bulgarian, which is a language I do not speak very well at all. And like, I believe I have to drive a manual car 
because I don't know how to drive a manual car because I'm American and we don't learn those things. And, and so there's there are a couple other like roadblocks along the way. Just like generally, was that a pun? Was that an accidental pun? Oh, it was an accidental pun. Totally accidental. Nice. Yeah, Sweet. but like, um, you know, the fact that any government building is like, you know, always manned by like the surliest possible person who refuses to give you any information, regardless of like how much language is a barrier or not there's just like there's no will to communicate it's just like oh you either communicate or you don't and like there's no sort of like let's do like you know charades and google translate and try to like meet in the middle it's just like i'm just gonna repeat the same thing over and over again and if you didn't understand me the first time then get the fuck out of this line so like um and when we did buy our car, it was literally a full day of registration. And like the guy who sold us the car had to bribe someone to make it go faster, which like I don't condone that. But like he just like at one point got so tired of waiting that he just like slipped that money to make it go faster. That's just how it is here. And it drives me absolutely wonkers. And it's one of the reasons like I will eventually uh, depart from uh, this this strange land. And even things like, oh, my God, like getting getting mail in Bulgaria is a freaking nightmare. Like my mom mailed me a pair of prescription sunglasses that I had had for three years that were like scratched and sand. Like, you know, they were they were barely usable, as well as like two paper checks from the New York government that had been sent to me because they messed up something with my taxes. And so. I needed to get this um, this package because it had the checks and I needed the checks in order to try to figure out how to deposit them. And the customs department held up my scratched to hell sunglasses that were barely usable, randomly decided that they were worth $500 and put like a $75 like bounty on like receiving this package. And I had to like go to the airport to get it. It was madness. Like... The, these are just the kinds of things that happen that make me then just assume that every single thing I do is going to be terrible um, because like the bureaucracy is just like that never ending Matryoshka doll of terrifying new tasks being added, usually while being yelled at in Bulgarian. <laughs> <laughs> it, was the, it was the same in, in Turkey though for us. You know, we had to the thing that you don't realize when you come from North America and you move to somewhere else, um, and I, this is not a blanket statement because there's plenty of places this wouldn't apply, but for places, I guess, that we had lived the longest for you, the I guess, Bulgaria. And me, yeah, me, and me, Turkey, right? It's just like, there's there's a tremendous gray area that everybody's aware of that you need to become aware of because yeah. no doesn't mean no. It means no unless you come back with the right response. And so you... <laughs> You learn that quickly, and that's why I spend a lot of time learning Turkish and so on and so forth. But it's it's both um, horrifying because you realize nothing can be done simply, but liberating no. because you realize that no doesn't exist. So whatever you need done, there's a way. And it, it's just about who you know, who you can talk to. Yeah, It was tremendously ben beneficial to teach at a Turkish international school and have so many Turkish friends who could help us navigate that. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we had we had uh, access to a lot of people who knew we were good people and just trying to get by and, and realistic. And they knew that we were invested in, uh, in Turkish culture. You know, we, 
I really appreciated our time there, despite some of the turmoil. And we, I, my Turkish was really solid and all this kind of stuff. And they, they kind of like, they just knew that, that I was going to figure out all these things, not easily, you know, like, and, yeah. and so it was like, they, they took it upon themselves to be like, like, Chris, let's sit down and we're going to talk about, you know, what bureaucracy looks like. It was still anxiety inducing, but there was a possibility there. Um, I, I find it, it it's, there's, it's never one thing that's so anxiety inducing, like coming back to Ontario, for example, I had to renew my license and it cost me $140 point blank. And it was one of those things where I thought, wait, why did I just pay $140? And they're like, because you renew your license. And I'm like, but this is a new piece of plastic. Like I, I'm why did I yeah. pay $140? And like, well, that's the yearly fee. And, and I had forgotten that there was all these administrative costs that were built into everything that no one questioned. Like if right. you try to char- charge someone $140 in Turkey renew the license, they, they would literally throw hot tea in your face, you know, like, like, so Delicious it's like, hot so, apple tea, but yeah, exactly. Right. And like, like, and then yeah. if that didn't work, they would stand outside and smoke cigarettes until you finish your shift, you know? And, um, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, it's one of these things yeah. where you, it, it's, it's a fine balance, but I, I too find that like I wrote down something, a sentence that I wanted to say, not really a sentence, but something I want to remind myself of, but now I'm going to read the sentence since I mentioned the sentence. And I wrote down something to say the terrifying ungodly array of fees just for living, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. and like, I think, oh my God, there's so many fees. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's yeah. It's every, I mean, yeah, it's it, it, you can't escape it. And again, the, to draw the Canada and Turkey comparison, like in Canada, there's a lot of medical stuff, which I'm very fortunate to have covered. You know, I always tell my American friends, like I was one time, I had a really bad pain in my side. I went, I was so bad, I had, went into the hospital and then uh, I had emergency surgery and got my appendix out and then just walked out the next day without signing anything, you know? Yeah. And like, That's- and like all my American friends are like mouth agape. So I'm very yeah. grateful for that. That sounds like that. you like some sort of Houdini escape, like. Exactly. Right. But I'm all, but I'm, and I'm very, I know I recognize how fortunate I am in that regard, but you also pay for that in a cumulative sense with all yeah. the fees and everything yeah. and the way that your salary is taxed and so on. Um, but in Turkey, life was a lot cheaper but there were some instances which you, you were going to have to pay to make sure that you could do certain things you want. You couldn't nickel yeah. like getting Kotu back from Turkey, our cat Kotu, getting him back from Turkey to Canada. Like we just had to make sure we went to a number of offices and paid, you know, yeah. pay this, pay that. You just make sure you're all squared up. You make sure you're, you've covered all your bases. And the way you can cover your bases in a lot of those nations is just spreading the money around. And yeah. But mostly just figuring out, firstly, who do you need to talk to to give that money? So. So are you saying that you imported a wild cat into Canada? Are you the Joe Exotic of Canada? I mean, some people have called me that, um, <laughs> namely you right now. Um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we yeah we like we took him in as a kitten. Um, oh, and he's so big now. He's a little monster. He's so big now. Yeah, he was just a little. He was just a little, really a dying kitten, and we took him in, Aww. and he lived with us for three years there. And then we made, we we knew we were going to bring him back, and he brings a lot of joy to our lives, especially during uh, the time when we're locked down a little bit more. Like he's a great cat; oh, yeah. like he crawls into my arms every night right when I go to sleep, and Aww. he's just like a sweet cat. There's something about cats from Turkey that and Greece as well, and it's funny because I live in Bulgaria, which borders both the countries. Bulgarian cats fucking hate people. <laughs> but like they do not care about you they just want to run as far as they can from you they're like oh shit 
better go better go whereas like turkish cats and greek cats just like come up to you and are just like hi i know you can't resist me you're gonna give me a scratch you're gonna give me a little fish aren't you like and it's just like i just feel like you can tell something about the state of the world from how the stray cats behave can't you yeah Yeah, well, yeah, that's, I mean, and that's the big takeaway from this episode. We want everybody to ignore everything prior and just hone in on stray cats, <laughs> teach us everything. They treat their stray cats really well in yeah. Istanbul. Um, there's like little houses for them. I would strongly recommend people watch the documentary Kedi, which means oh, cat it's in beautiful. Turkish. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's a crying. great, it's, yeah, it's a great documentary. Now, I will say just to give the full side of the story, they treat their dogs not so well. Yeah. Um, and so that's, and that's really sad because dogs really wear their emotions on their sleeves. So it can be a I bit know. heartbreaking if you're, uh, emp- if you're like somebody who is quite empathetic and you just, it can be hard to watch sometimes, but you just do your part to try and treat the animals well, wherever you are. But that's again, yeah. one of those topics for another day, but um, yeah, I'm anxious about all the animals I can't save. It's the worst. Like I agree. there's so many times yeah. where like I see a dog, I turn to my husband and I'm like, he looks sad. He doesn't have a home. And he's like, nope, nope, stop, don't, don't. don't. <laughs> well, this is with like with Kotu, right, as well. Like he was, we were bringing up and he was like, Mah! like going crazy at the front door. And I was like, listen, if we bring, it was the night we moved into our apartment. And he's like, if we bring, I was like, if we bring our stuff up and this little mangy cat's still here, we'll take him. And like, we thought he was gray for a couple days until we gave him a proper wash a few times. Mm. And I remember he had these big ears and big paws and hands because he was going to grow into them because he was going to be a monster. And I remember Brie was like, is he even cute? And I was like, blasphemy, you know? (laughs) They're always cute. Yours is always cute. It's like people's babies. Like they may look like aliens to you, but to their mom, they look great. Agreed. Agreed. And and he will always look great to me. Well, I'm happy we went down that path. That puts a smile on my face. As far as... um, other things we want to talk about for adulting. Was there anything that you're like, we cannot finish this episode without talking about X? Yeah, I mean, just I think one thing also that kind of struck me is sort of just insane about adulting is just like how much time being alive takes, like how much time feeding yourself takes and like the process of like shopping and preparing food and like doing all those things and like the time involved in just anything pretty much. And it just makes you realize like as a kid, how fucking lucky you were that you didn't have to Mm -hmm. do like any of that shit. And your mom would be like, can you load the dishwasher? And then because I was like a spoiled little white brat, I'd be like, eh, so unfair. I don't want to load the dishwasher. Do you like my spoiled little white brat voice? (laughs) I did. I mean, each episode we get to experience like two to three new Allison voices. So I'm trying to be a character actor. And so this is really just like my like extended audition. So thank you. It's going great. Um, Hollywood. um, You can reach me at I'm anxious about.com. But anyway. Please, can you guys, everybody, just make sure you write about that in the reviews, please? Uh, because we have, we have, um, we have uh, I've actually arranged talent scouts to review the reviews about how what, what people think about Allison's voice. Um, so make sure that's present. But anyway, like, I was such a fucking little bratty kid, you know? Like, I think my parents were wonderful people, but, like, you know, they had a lot of shit going on just on a personal level. 
And so they weren't super big on discipline. And for the most part, I was like a decent kid, but like I was always a slacker when it came to chores. And that has definitely carried on into like my adult life. And just like when I think about like, oh my God, like how much time laundry takes and cleaning the kitchen and sweeping and all this stuff, I just get super, super overwhelmed. And I just find just like the all the things of like keeping your house like clean keeping your fridge full just making time for all of those things I just always feel so behind and it sucks because when I'm in a space that's very clean it's so good for my mental health like I feel so organized Mm -hmm. but I really lack the drive to constantly create that scenario for myself you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I know what you mean and I think I, I would guess that's probably pretty common for for folks listening with, with that anxiety. It's like it builds up into something larger than itself. And um, I guess the idea of like constantly having to do it, there's yeah. like the lack of re- the lack of reprieve can be really overwhelming. And exactly. um, you're like, I just did this. And I'm, and I'm fortunate. My parents were, you know, were took, really took care of us when we were kids. But, you know, I also, I also feel like I always understood like, that there were certain things I was going to have to do if I wanted to make happen. And, and then, I mean, the, a, a real bonus for me was meeting Brie, who's like, Brie is like, a, you know, she's a teacher by trade and kind of at home, you know, like, <laughs> she's like, I, I just like, I know I'm going to like, like the dis, like the discipline extends to her students and me. So yeah. like, <laughs> I got to make sure I'm on point. But the, I mean, all joking aside, actually, the other side of it is like she notices everything. Like she's like the most perceptive person I've ever met in my life. Uh-huh. And so I know that on the one hand, like, yeah, she'll probably notice if I don't do that, but she'll really notice if I do as well. And it will mean a lot to her. And so yeah. I've like, I've learned, I've learned to prioritize that. Like the idea of being like, not necessarily, like, I guess this kind of sounds a lot like praise, but like really it's, it's, it's. I really like that because she notices those things, like it feels good for me to do those things. And the way, one thing I've done is that, so you were talking before about like the time it takes and you know that mm-hmm. I talk every episode about how obsessed I am about time. So now if I know there's going to be a task that's going to take a while, like loading the dishwasher or putting away the dishes, I just listen to a podcast that we've been wanting to listen to. Mm-hmm. And, and th- that's really helped because instead of those 20 minutes feeling like they were just, um, like wasted time, quote unquote, putting away dishes and me being like, man, like I don't want to do this. Instead, now I think of it as 20 minutes that I get a chance to just be by myself. Cause when I have my headphones in and I'm working, uh, putting away dishes and stuff, like Bree's happy because she knows I'm doing something and we spend all our time together anyway. So it's not like I'm like pushing her away. Um, but it gives me as like a mental preview. I listen to like a sports podcast for 20 minutes mm-hmm. or something like that. And it, it's, it's turned into a positive. So I would just yeah. would share that tactic with people. Like if you have certain um, things, which like you're really put off by, like create something to spin the narrative. Totally. And also yeah. I just wanted to say that like um, we are planning to have some guests on in the near future. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have some guests who are going to talk about some of the topics that we're anxious about, such as like money specifically and um, other things such as just like, you know, dealing with burnout, dealing with certain dealing with like emotions. We're going to have some therapists on just people from different different perspectives with different expertises. Expertise or expertises? Expertises. Expertise. Expertise, expertise, expertise in the plural sounds very strange. 
Um, we're going to have people on with different expertise because as humorous and wonderful as you must think that we are to have made it one hour into this podcast. Thank you, Thank you for the uh, praise and the review. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, we truly don't know what the fuck we're doing a lot of the time. And while we don't want this to be an entirely self-help podcast, because God knows there are far too many of those out there, no shade. Um, <laughs> we also do want to bring you a little bit of help. And also we want to help ourselves because we know that a lot of the coping mechanisms that we have or lack thereof of just pure avoidance mechanisms <laughs> that we have, um, we know that those aren't super helpful and so we'd like to try to add a little value as well as a little humor by getting in some expert voices as well. Because some of you had mentioned um, in our communications with you that you appreciate when we give you a little bit of insight into like what's worked for us or certain ways that we cope or deal with things. And so we're going to try to um, bring that forward a little bit. We just wanted to we just wanted to introduce ourselves a little bit first and make you love us. And then we're going to start bringing on some experts as well. So um, yeah. just to give you a little um, look at where the podcast is going and where we are now. Of course, we'll still have some ridiculous episodes like, I don't know, whatever Chris's equivalent to bananas are. We'll have you know some ridiculous, funny episodes along the way. That was like silence kind of for me, right? Okay, but, but you I need guess to it's not. It up. You need a weirder one, okay? Like okay. I, I right. brought bananas. Actually, I didn't bring okay. bananas. I, I closed the cupboard and. Which is like, isn't that like our most it. popular? It's like our most popular episode. Our second most popular, yeah. Movies was yeah. our most popular so far. Um, well, there you go. But yeah. So anyway, uh, we just wanted to give you a quick look at what's coming down the pipeline. So we're gonna have a mix of episodes that are just us, some episodes with experts, and some episodes with our anxious friends as well. So you're going to get uh, to yeah. hear some more voices instead of just ours, because as beautiful and wonderful and not shrill as my voice is, I'm sure you're getting tired of hearing all of us. <laughs> yeah. And it's also about like respect. Like I think we, we, I think we said it before, but like we're going to start a little Facebook community where we can share with each other and you'll have better access to the two of us. Um, which I know everyone's just craving, um, but really, I mean, it's just about clamoring like, for it, Chris. They're like clamoring, yeah. If we were like an '80s metal band, like leaving in our tour bus, there would just be like fingernail marks going in the tour bus. I don't know why that's the image. Oh, one hundred percent. My mind, but it was very. I liked it though. I liked it. I. <laughs> Do you ever? Have I envisioned myself crazy? driving away. Do you ever from a concert have, being like okay? Yeah. Do you ever just have those like? Those visuals that just they pop into your head so much it's almost like a picture and it makes no sense, but you just need to say it. That was what happened. Like there. every twelve seconds. Yeah. And you're like, did anyone did anyone like this metaphor? No, it was just me. It was just me. Nope. Okay. Just me. Um, but yeah, I'm ha I'm happy you mentioned that though, because I do think that uh yeah, people should know that we we, we really do want to to bring on people to to help others and and also yeah as much as we're not trying to be a self-help podcast we are trying to make sure we're bringing folks on who um can continue to help uh offer some stuff to our community and i i think also now that people are reaching out to us i'm like starting to really get the sense of what that community is and a lot of people are reaching out with really positive stuff but it's our job to make sure we're continuing to think about our community so i'm happy you mentioned that and the the last thing that i just wanted to mention that i had sort of written down that I would just wanted to note is that I think so much of the anxiety we feel around adulting is exacerbated right now because 
there's the sense in which you're always felt made to feel like you're behind and that's through Mm -hmm. marketing from companies and that's through social media and that's through how people are taught to post only about how well things are going. And, you know, nobody posts about how awful it was getting a mortgage. They post a picture in front of their house. Right. And I think it's just important to remember right now that a lot of the anxiety we have is, is not really based on anything real because that sense that you're behind um, is not real either. And and you're right where you are. Right. And so that's why I wanted to, to spin that into the idea of like the just importance of focusing on yourself and, and progress. And sometimes comparison is not helpful. And also just, I think almost all, well, a lot of my anxiety, at least a lot of my anxiety from the past used to be about like, well, maybe I'm not where I should be. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And it's all this idea of like, you're behind, you're behind, you're behind. And that's so um, like explicitly, um, clear when you're talking about something like adulting, but I just don't think it's warranted really, you know, like, uh, especially in this culture. So just something to think about, just some food for thought as we, um, finish. And, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're free to comment on that as well, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's strange because it's marketing from companies, but it also almost feels like marketing from your peers as well. And I don't know if that's yeah. just because like you and I like follow a lot of people who are influencers just by like the nature of our job. And so there is sort of like a marketing of the identity and a marketing of the self that comes into play with influencers. And sometimes people do like a fantastic job of keeping that like authentic voice and personality. But then there are other people who you kind of hate follow who you're like, you will never say a bad word about anything because you are (laughs) completely on the hook for every single thing. You know what I mean? And so I think Mm -hmm. a lot of that, that's what I struggle with a lot is like comparing myself to people who actually like, they aren't necessarily, they are people in the sense that they're people, of course, behind the Instagram account. But the Instagram account is not a person. The Instagram account is a company or a business. You know what I mean? So like a mm-hmm. lot of the time we feel like we're comparing ourselves to people, but we're actually comparing ourselves to a brand, which is kind of bizarre with this sort of like monetization of identity. Especially as people as people become brands themselves. Exactly. Like I know I'm complicit in this to some extent. Like I'm really not influencer as much as other people are, but I'm, you know, adjacent to that whole industry. And so it's just really, it's just really interesting to me, sort of like seeing how that's changed. And one other thing I wanted to say, just sort of uh, a little bit different than what you were talking about, but on the same track, is I also feel like there are a lot of people, well, myself included, I'm just, basically, I'm just talking about how I feel and then assuming that it's universal. So (laughs) forgive me. (laughs) Aren't we all? Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people now that we have so much time with this quarantine feel guilt for not being more productive or not using this time more like adultly, you know, to like get organized. And like, for me, I was like, okay, like money got super tight. I lost like 95% of my income as my travel businesses fell And I was like, okay, so that's super shitty, but I need to like, so I need to tighten up my finances, like really get a budget going, like, you know, check any recurring payments that are useless and just make sure that like, you know, I'm not paying like $100 a year for a program I don't use, things like that. Um, And I never did it because I'm fucking traumatized by what we're going through right now. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people are in the same boat. 
a lot of people are feeling guilty that they haven't done more with this time and this unique experience, or I, I don't want to say opportunity, but we do have a moment for, for pause and, and self-work and kind of like just to pause on life to catch up on things. But it's really hard to catch up on things right now because this time period is super emotionally charged with everything that's going on in the world, like politically speaking, like social movement speaking, like racism speaking, pandemic speaking. There's so much going on that it's super hard to actually focus on yourself and focus on becoming the person that you want to be because you have so many just emotional reactions all the time to all the things that are occurring around you. And I think a lot of people with anxiety can be like overly empathetic in some ways and really um, experience like a lot of like when I'm around someone who's anxious, I like absorb that anxiety and we're living in a super anxious time and I'm absorbing a lot of it and it's making it super hard to like get on top of the things that I had planned to get on top of during this sort of like pause where I had more time. So I just wanted to say that's what I'm experiencing. I've heard a couple other people share similar statements and sentiments as well. And so if you're feeling guilty that you haven't used this pandemic to organize your life, don't worry about it. None of us have except the crazy people. The crazy people being the same people we're the crazy people, but whatever. It's all good. I just made like a weird... For some reason, I just like made a weird like box with my hands. Like that was a really necessary gesture to make. I don't know why, <laughs> but just I felt I felt like I needed to draw you that visual because I really needed to do like a box. Maybe because it's like we're it. inside the box or outside the box. I don't know, Chris. The caffeine is wearing off. I think it's time to uh, time to yeah. segue. Yeah, wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. There's a lot of um, it's time to seal the box, baby. But I, um, I was. I, I, there's plenty of other things that we can talk about, and there's plenty of other directions we can take it. But I think there's um, there's a good chance that a lot of the things that we mentioned today are going to come up again in the future. And so I'm not really too worried about um, about covering 80 million aspects of it. I think it's a good place to wrap up, and we always wrap up the same way. And I think this is a probably. Um, just based on all of you of, of what you just said, this is probably a great uh, way to just finish it off and put the cherry on top. And our cherry is always the same, which is uh, we start off just by um, acknowledging one thing you want to pat yourself on the back for. I think a huge part of anxiety is sometimes uh, it's almost impossible to see the anything you should pat yourself on the back for because you're, you know, um, you're in a like a cyclone of worry, you know, and um, and so I think it's sometimes good to peel that back and and so I shall ask you, um, what's uh, what's one thing that you're patting yourself on the back for that could have happened today, yesterday, last week? Uh, I get, typically we like to keep it timely, uh, Allison, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you know. All right. So I have um, two. I hope I hope people knew I was kidding with that. But anyway, <laughs> um, just like randomly patronizing me very aggressively at the end of our podcast. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. I, I actually panicked for a second. I was like, "Does she think I was serious?" <laughs> um, no, I did not. I know that you are. Um, 
too Canadian to be patronizing. So um, Thank you. Well, I, actually, that was probably quite patronizing. I was going to say, I was gonna, there's a deep irony in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's me. A patronizing <laughs> person. <laughs> I meant it. And continue. <laughs> Okay. Um, so I would just like to say that I simultaneously faced three of my anxieties last week and did not have a nervous meltdown. I both went to the beach, uh, ate at restaurants. I watched, I watched Tulio eat bananas in front of me. So I, out of, you know, out of the six or so podcasts that we've released thus far, I faced three out of the however many podcast episodes there are. So far, fears, which is like almost 50% of the fears that we've covered. And I probably watched a movie in the last week, too. So then that that's more than 50%. And I didn't have a meltdown about the beach. I didn't have a meltdown about the bananas. But I did have a moment of panic momentarily when like, okay, so you know when you go to a restaurant and it's a restaurant you've been to before, but like you, they have a dish that you love and you want to eat there one last time and have that one dish one last time before you go. So we tried to go once sure. and it was too full. And then we went early on our last night so that we could have the fish soup again because it was so good. And they like didn't have it. And that just sent me into just like an emotional tailspin that was like, what is food? Should I even eat? Like if it's not fish soup, then like, is there any joy in life? You know, I just really... I just like, and then, so then I pretty much like handed over the menu to my husband. I was like, you make the choices. And then he started to make choices. I'm like, those choices are bad. Let me take the menu and make the choices. But anyway, long story short, we handled it. We did the beach trip, passed through the anxieties, mostly unscathed, minus the fish soup incident. And uh, yeah, it was lovely. And I also just want to pat myself on the back for just, I'm kind of, I was really struggling to work on my travel blogs because of the whole pandemic situation, but I finally have like started actually like getting to work on that. And I've picked up just like a fun personal creative writing project that I'm doing with a friend, just sort of like a mini like challenge, holding ourselves like accountable to each other, just to do some writing for fun instead of for work. Um, Cause she's a teacher and recovering academic. So like we've both kind of put like actual, creative writing on the sidelines and so it's really fun to get to flex those muscles again and so I wrote a poem today for the first time in probably three to five years so that was really fun sweet well congrats that's wonderful I'm happy you um faced so many of those uh episode fears and wrote a poem today that's lovely um, <laughs> Fish soup and poems I- Yes, fish. That's going to be the title of your memoir, Fish Soup and Poem. Um, I um, yeah, that's great. I, I'm trying to think of one thing to pat myself on the back for because I didn't prep for it, ironically. Um, but uh, I guess, well, I guess I just pat myself on the back for the fact that Tuesday was a really tough day, and um, instead of like, I feel like I had enough emotional ammunition on Tuesday to spiral in any direction I want, justifiably. And uh, instead, I just sort of kindly told Brie, like, I'm not going to be myself for the next kind of day or two. And I'm going to do my best to try and get out of this, you know. And uh, she was super supportive and could see that I was just doing my best. And she was really kind, uh, extra kind to me and all that kind of stuff. But I think those are small things you can pat yourself on the back for. Just something which maybe in a in a past life could uh, 
I mean, even just you could justify having, you know, being like, well, I just need to have six beers right now or something like that. You know, I just didn't uh, go down that rabbit hole and instead went to the right things, which are, you know, I'm reading Pema Chodron's When Things Fall Apart right now. And that book's really helpful right now. And um, yeah, instead of like, I, I think I made some good decisions, which is which is a good thing. And now I'm feeling better, miraculously. That's awesome. It's always so good to like be like, you're faced with a shitty decision uh, or a shitty feeling and every impulse is like, do the bad thing, do the thing that's just going to be the band aid that you're going to regret the next day. And then you don't do that. That's a very satisfying feeling. So kudos. It is. It is indeed. Well, thank you. And um, I guess we shall extend that. Thank you on to all of our listeners as well for tuning in. And uh, if people want to find you outside of here, where should they do that? Or should we just say go to our channels? I guess we can yeah, say that now. Yeah, go to on. our channels. I'm uh, on Instagram at Eternal Arrival. That's probably my most active place as I'm a bit of a social media hermit. Um, and you can also find us at all the um, all the social channels, which we will put. I don't. Do we have show notes? Do we need? We need to make show notes. I'm not sure what we're doing. I about guess. Show notes but we have just people, like we have description descriptions yeah. which serve as show notes but we haven't put our channels in it yeah. so we could we can do that now yeah we'll make things We're more capable. accessible for you guys we'll make it easier for you to find us um yeah. but you can go on to i'm anxious about.com uh you can email us and reach out to us you can join the facebook group we're anxious about um and join our community of very terrified people who like to avoid things <laughs> um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Great sell. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that's where you can find me slash us and Chris, where can they find you if they're like, fuck Allison, I just want some Chris time. Yeah, I know. Everyone wants some Chris time, right? Um, yeah. So traveling Mitch, hopefully no one thinks that, but um, yeah. I mean, but, probably too, but I think that's yeah. your that's your fan list. <laughs> no, he he prefers Brie anyways. Um, no, well, he likes me. So sad. Like my dog prefers my husband, and it breaks my heart. It's really sad. Well, so Kotu Kotu has this like Kotu generally prefers Brie, but at night he only like he'll he waits till I lie down, which is after Brie, and then he comes into my arms every night. Yeah, like. I'm not saying my dog doesn't love me. Like he cuddles me all the time. Like he, we'll, we'll all sit on the couch and like have his like head on my lap like half the day. But like when it when he has to make the choice, he always chooses Tulio. Like if we're in different rooms, he's like he gets this look of panic on his face. Like shit, the pack is breaking apart. Where do I go? And he always chooses Tulio because you know Tulio is the alpha, I guess, and Rocky is just a freaking follower. <laughs> <laughs> oh there we go um <laughs> that was great that was a hilarious diatribe anyways people can find me at traveling bitch or and i have some ontario stuff at ultimate ontario and i'm gonna create i'm in the middle of creating a portfolio site so i'll let people know where they can find that but i mean i think people here are mostly here not not for our travel writing but for our anxious musings um so if you were here to listen and you listen till the end because this is our longest episode um then we thank you kindly and uh we'll catch you next week catch you next week thank you